Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. We're almost good at that now. Yeah, I'm Derek. <laughs> I'm Corinne. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome well, back. Yeah, the third the... best uh, climate change <laughs> podcast in Sacramento. At least. At least. Maybe. Maybe even two. We don't know. They haven't found that. We're Could just be four. we're holding that place for whenever someone else co- a copycat. A copycat does it better than us. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's new with you, Corinne? Anything new and exciting? Mm, trying to think. No, I mean, the long saga of why I have a weird bump on my foot continues. Have you been to the doctor about your... Many times now. <laughs> Nobody seems to know what it is, which is always They always just yell down the hall, hey, Bob, come take a look at this. <laughs> it's more like you go to your general practitioner and they're like, huh, yeah. Well, wait about a month. Take some Advil. Let me know if it goes away. And then you wait a month and it's still exact same. And she's like, I'm going to send you to the podiatrist. Podiatrist pokes at it and he's like, hmm, it's a little bit unusual. I had an x-ray done. They're like, probably not cancer. So then they're like, now we're going to get an MRI. So I had an MRI on Friday. So we'll find out what kind of freakish uh, foot problems I have. My hope is that they have to remove, not the foot, but whatever the problem is. And then I have to take a couple weeks off work. That would be the dream. So, here's hoping. Okay, yeah. Hopefully and, you we don't have to amputate. Yeah, the whole foot, of course. I've been making or that joke. Or bionic foot. <laughs> Better foot. Really. Yeah. <laughs> then I could start running marathons. Right. Get those blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then I started and finished watching the new Netflix limited season of Unbelievable, which is depressing and really, really good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, it's uh, tr- based off of a true story uh, and I had actually heard the story of this woman before. She, a uh, young woman, like 18, uh, reported a rape. Then the she told the police, and they believed her. But her ex-foster mother was like, I think she's making it up because she wasn't acting like she was raped. And told the cops that. And then the cops uh, filed a report, or filed a, um, against her, saying that she filed a false report. And uh, anyway, it's... Uh, very 2006. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was really good. Obviously heartbreaking and difficult to watch at some points, but, you know, it ends up with some redeeming moments. Well, there you go. Anyway, good series. I watched uh, an Anna Kendrick movie about... <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side of that. Yeah, about... Uh, well, it was actually... It was it was, it was was good. It was a good movie. It, it was like uh, somebody like faked their own death. Oh, uh, um, with a simple Blake favor. Lively. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it was good. It's worth She's watching. She's like a mommy blogger. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite as, uh, yeah. Not as serious. No, not quite as serious. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, I saw that movie too. I actually kind of was like a little weirded out by it, but. Good little twists. I don't know. I liked it. It was paced well. Yeah. It was, it was worth right. watching at home on Netflix for free. For free. Free-ish. Free-ish. I mean, like there's so many movies that like, I watched another movie, uh, the Mindy Kaling movie. Where she was like a late night writer. I loved it. It was a great movie. But, and I remember seeing a commercial for it and being mm-hmm. like, that looks like a great movie to watch when I can get it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because movies are so expensive. Yes. That you really have to go for like the big budget like action movie in the theater. Like a Marvel movie is kind of worth it to me to go see in the theater. Because like they have the giant explosions and right. space fights and lasers. you can sleep in your bed and you know. Right. right. Like there was nothing. They spe- do have the good chairs now. They're so good at the theaters yeah. now. Like I, I can't even right, go right to, to another movie theater where they yeah. don't. What kind of seats are these? No, I can't. Um, Got to have the leg room. It's perfect. Because it's so much more expensive now, too. Mm-hmm. It's like 
to go out to the movie, you got to bring the family, and then you got to buy food, and then you got to go. It's like, oh man, it's like 50, 60 bucks to go to a movie. R.I.P. Movie Pass, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and our first disaster for the day, Movie Pass is gone. We jumped on Movie Pass early. Ah, uh, no, late. Well, early enough to get the, the unlimited free for a little while. I had it, I mean, I think I had about month nine or ten, some BS started happening when I had it. Yeah. But for the first six months, I was going to movies like once a week. Yeah. And it would just be like, I'd get off of work and I'd be like, wonder what's out. I'm going to go watch a movie for no good reason other than they've got comfy chairs. And my favorite was when I would go and there would be nobody else in the theater. It would just be me. I feel like, like a friend of ours is uh, single-handedly caused the downfall. Yeah, he did. For sure. <laughs> We're going to redact his name, but... Uh... <laughs> Because he lives right next to a movie theater. Chris, I don't know if you know this about him, but he would he goes to every movie opening. Oh yeah. No, he has no regard for quality. He just <laughs> goes for it's out. So he had the movie pass. So literally every single day yeah. he used. He was one of those like super users. Uh-huh. The rest of us like have normal lives and just simply can't go see a movie every day. Right. So we saw like two a month yeah, or one a amount. month. Well, you know, so when they reduced the number you could go see, we were still like, still a good deal, still a pretty good deal, because, yeah. yeah, I wasn't seeing How that many much. How do I need to see, really? Yeah, he was the one of those screaming bloody murder, because when he got the pass, he's like, wait a minute, I can watch a movie every day for five bucks or whatever it was? He was so grateful. He wasn't screaming bloody murder. No, he was sad when it died. <laughs> it was one of those things where this is too good to be true, so I'm just going to ride this wave. <laughs> he wrote it for a while. He was on, he was an early adopter yeah. of the movie pass. I feel like he got thousands of dollars worth of movies out of that thing honestly i miss the golden days of movie pass i really do those are some good days we're about to get into the second days of movie pirating man oh yeah i'm back into it fully you aren't gonna make if you aren't going to get a reasonable price for me to pay to get the shows i want i will steal them welcome back to four years ago guys you don't want to just give me a reasonable yeah, price because now I'm everybody has their own and so, like Disney exactly. Plus, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, there are so many. It's like a thousand cuts now. Yes. If it was all for twenty bucks, fine. But right. every single one of them is like seven ninety nine, five ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. Yes. Give yeah. me a reasonable price, and I will pay it. When you say like it's going to cost you seventy dollars a month to watch all the things you want, I'm going to say, okay, well, I guess I'll pay zero and steal everything. This is Look what... what you've tied my hands. I'm forced to do this now. Look what you made me do. Yep. Time to get out the old Napster. Exactly. Well, no, I I use <laughs> I use a different platform for my illegal downloading. I feel like a, a computer genius whenever I do it because it's like I have to press like forward slash forward slash colon semicolon. Like it's a craziness. What? what? You never you ever pirate You're a Russian stuff? hacker now? I am a Russian hacker. I mean, you can go on Google and it'll tell I you know. how to do it. But uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's what's new with me. That basically catches us up with what's new with you, Karen. You were sick recently, right? I was. Yeah. I had a cold, uh, and then I went home. I wasn't feeling well, and I was like, I had a stomach ache. I was kind of in denial. I'm a vomit denier. Like, I don't want to do it so bad. I'll do anything not to throw up. Uh, and on my way home, I left early. I was driving, and I suddenly, my mouth did the thing where it starts to water, and you're like, oh, we were at the point of no return. <laughs> you're definitely vomiting in the next 30 seconds. And unfortunately, I had just cleaned my car for the first time in at least a year. I didn't have any, you know, big gulps I could just vomit into. Uh, and I was in the freeway, so there wasn't any quick pullover. Uh, so I had to vomit into my lunchbox. 
I drove past a lady yesterday on the side of the road vomiting. Like she was out of her car on the side of the road, just standing kind of straight up and leaning over and vomiting. I was driving past, just like poor, poor Burger in. Poor Burger. It was, I actually felt bad because it was right when it started. It was when it was starting to back up with traffic because I was leaving work early, but it was like 6.30. So most people were heading to work. Uh, and so I was just vomiting. If anyone looked over, it was... It was a tough sight. Anyway, I had to get a new lunchbox. New lunch. I don't know if anyone else is into cleaning out vomit. I, I just start over. Just throw it away. Just garbage. Anyway, but I think it kicked out the cold. I threw up the cold. You just let various diseases paddle <laughs> it out for thunder. It's like Thunderdome yes. in your immune system. The biggest sickness wins, and then I just have to beat that one. <laughs> final boss yes exactly are you well we should probably say as well welcome to the pod yeah welcome to heating up and please like subscribe review do all of those things pass the pod yeah we're we're trying a promotional thing where everyone just tells one person to listen to the podcast so Mm -hmm. think of your friends think of your enemies (laughs) think of one person that you'd want to inflict us on like a virus (laughs) you're gonna pass it along to one person and then hopefully they also pass it on to one person and then we will keep doubling until there's profit. <laughs> Casper mattresses. Double each of our own Casper mattress. At least. That's the idea. Or a Sven slow screen sofa. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> something like that. Even just HelloFresh, my God. I would love to get a HelloFresh subscription for free. Yeah, right? Or just highly discounted. <laughs> we will definitely talk about it. Oh, I've um, talked about it so many times already and I have never even, even have it. had it. <laughs> We uh, did get one email from a local listener oh. who is unknown to us. Like somehow not found our, our podcast, friend. not our friend, but uh, new friend. New friend, future who, uh, friend. Who is happy to, to find a uh, climate change based emergency podcast. So, so at le- there is at least one there person. There is another in person the, who wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think anybody else would. Nope, but there's one out there. That's you know? good. There's enough people in the Maybe world. Maybe he has a friend. Yeah, hopefully he has a friend. Oh, terrible. All right. You ready for some news, Corinne? Um, We got real light news today. Not a lot. Yeah. Okay. Basically, so uh, Hurricane Dorian, of course, Mm -hmm. we're still dealing with the aftermath uh, in the Bahamas and in North Carolina. There are places that are still without power. Um, One thing people don't quite realize in hurricane disaster is that it can be really dangerous to return power. So, like, even if in theory the area now has power power can be restored if your house flooded with enough water to cause a short circuit they can't just turn the electricity back on because it would cause a fire so they have to like come in and clear it so like even if power is restored to an area that doesn't necessarily mean like you have power right so another reason to prepare for stuff to get those backup generators or learn how to survive without power we've talked about that in previous episodes having an alternate way of cooking food of making sure you're warm things like that Speaking of flooding, Corinne, severe flooding in Spain this week. Hmm. A slow-moving storm system crept into Spain, uh, overwhelming rivers in the eastern part of the country this week, causing schools to close for hundreds of thousands of students and forcing travel shutdowns. In some locations, cars were swept away by these raging waters. Hmm. On Wednesday, the city of Ontinet recorded its wettest day since 1917. Uh, located in the province of Valencia, it recorded a whopping 10.93 inches through Tuesday morning. Is this their normal rainy season? I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Oh, you were just trying to find a way to get that joke in there. I just thought of it right now. Really? Yep. We do have an interesting story, uh, again, about Hurricane Dorian. Okay. So Roman Sawyer, 
a resident of West Palm Beach, Florida, was worried sick about his mother, who still lived on the Abaco Islands in the Bahamas, Hmm. and he hadn't been able to get in contact with her after the storm because power outages and whatever else. So he was trying to find information. He was, you know, glued to the TV coverage, uh, watching AccuWeather when he saw his mom, Beverly Bethel, speaking about her destroyed home on video. So mom was okay. okay. Yeah, mom was fine. (laughs) So Bethel and and her relatives were evacuated from the hurricane-stricken island, and she and Sawyer have been able to talk to each other since. As for whether she'll return to Abaco, she has other plans. So she's a climate migrant now, climate refugee. So one of what will be billions guys great yep but she's getting there first so go back and listen to our episode about where to move to avoid climate change you how to move to alaska (laughs) except for it's on fire where are we supposed to move again some horrible place you can't escape what was the horrible place like minnesota they said like minnesota in the continental u.s would probably be like the least effective although all the lakes and stuff will flood uh, there's nowhere you can go. You can't escape it. But at what cost to have to listen to people say the word pop? Is that really the worst? Uh, yeah. Did you hear... Sorry, we're going to digress for a minute. That never happens here. <laughs> Did you hear <laughs> Joe Biden go off on his uh, rant about uh, being a lifeguard and his I fight with corn pop? I saw some memes and I couldn't... I didn't stop have Stop what you're doing. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast, stop it right now. Go find Joe Biden talk about his days lifeguarding when he got into a fight with corn pop and his straight ra- rusty straight razor wielding gang like joe biden is wielding a like corn a chain pop? that's the guy's nickname apparently that's, okay. that's the hardest guy in uh scranton's is named after a cereal <laughs> it reminded me of two things first it reminded me of the snl skit where uh they were just like making fun of joe biden and scranton like i come from the hardest gravel place in the history of the world it sounded just like that and it also reminded me of that scene in anchorman where all of the anchors like pull out crazy weapons and like he apparently told somebody to get off the high dive and that guy didn't take kindly to it so he met him in the parking lot and he and his buddies had like rusted their straight razors in a bottle of rainwater or something prison style yeah so it was a real jet sharks moment for uh joe biden apparently it was sad to listen to because he's ranting and there's all these young people around him who like don't understand half of the words he's saying and (laughs) but he's telling the story but it was also like a really cool grandpa story right like when grandpa talks about the war Grandpa never talks about no. the war. Uh, but if he, it'd be cool if he did. It'd be cool if he did. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those sort of things. So it's worth listening to. Mm. Uh, that was news Biden. this week. Poor Joe. Do we feel bad for Joe this week? He should be president right now. Should he? Uh, I mean, I feel like if Joe had run for, you know, in 2016, he would have won. Don't we hate him? Didn't he, like, do something? Oh, well. He's been around long enough to do a bunch of terrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's an old white man. He's done horrible, horrible things. He's certainly not worse than any other old white man in the Republican Party. Far better than many old white men, which isn't saying much. The bar is real low, but uh, I feel like he'd have been a better president than Trump. Any... Anything would have been a better president than Donald Trump. That's not true. Pence would actually be worse than Donald Trump. Possibly. Light news. Light Loving news. it. Yeah. Much better than light. Yeah, I feel like last week we Ugh, got a little dark harsh. with the whole, like, give up on the climate movement and just try and save what you can. Though I will say that Mikey seemed to really like it. Yeah, Mikey liked it. Thanks, Mikey. Uh, yeah. Much appreciated. So this week, real light news, not a whole lot of disasters. Uh, we do have a potential disaster on the horizon, though, Corinne. What's that? I don't know if you know this or not, but Friday, there is a showdown coming 
to Area 51. <laughs> this is old news. Okay. This is old news, but it's finally coming to a head. It's waiting so we'll too see long. What... All the memers have moved on. Yeah, this better. was their problem. They set the date too late. Yeah, really yeah. late. They really had to jump on that momentum. But Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us event, is <laughs> scheduled for Friday uh, the 20th. And The thing is about youth culture, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, so the story I have for you, Corinne, is that airspace near Area 51 will be closed to news helicopters and drones during the Storm Area 51 shit show. So yeah, the Federal Aviation Administration has posted a temporary flight restrictions for two areas near Area 51 controlled by the U.S. Department of Defense and Department of Energy. Over 2.1 million people have signed up for a Facebook event called Storm Area 51, They Can't Stop All of Us, which encourages people to break into the restricted military area in order to see them aliens. The Air Force Area 51, roughly 75 miles north of Las Vegas, has served as a long-held fascination for conspiracy theorists who believe that extraterrestrial life forms are currently being kept there. That's what they believe, that they're currently keeping aliens there? Yeah. This not-so-well-kept secret. And after three months of them talking about this, if there were aliens there, they wouldn't have moved them from that space? Yeah. So the, the Storm Area 51 thing has devolved, like everything on the internet into a couple of different things. There is an actual, like, festival, like a music thing going on in Las Vegas that people have capitalized on it. Okay. Um, don't know if that'll be more of a fire festival thing or something <laughs> actually worthwhile. Um, there are still people apparently planning on going to the military base. Well, the military Same is... people were still playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, very different crowd, I think. But it also, like, devolved into this meme about having sex with aliens. I don't what? know if you saw this. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Why? Gross. Humans because are the disgusting. internet is the terrible. Humans. So people are going to the internet. all the people on this planet. They're terrible. And it's not enough. Now you want to have sex with aliens that aren't even real. This is why I will die alone, Derek. So two Dutch YouTubers were arrested last week for allegedly trespassing in portions of a military installation. But they're lucky, just lucky to be alive. Back in January, a man was shot dead after going through security checkpoint in the area, although details around the case are still sketchy. Uh, it is an actual military installation. Please do not go to Area not 51. Advisable. Do not uh, trespass on Again, a military institution, folks. we would folks. much rather you storm any immigration yeah. <laughs> center than... Uh... Yeah, use that energy to go... Although, did you see that... Okay, so there's more news, I guess, that I wasn't... It's not necessarily climate-related. Okay. There was a story a while ago about a document that ICE failed to redact. Uh, so ICE had released a thing about an urban warfare training center, and then they that failed to... sounds frightening. Yeah, and they failed to redact the, the location of it, essentially. And it's going to be at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, Fort Benning is notorious as the home for the School of Americas, which is where the United States military trained all sorts of, like, Latin American people to go back and overthrow their governments and install dictators. Interesting. That was originally at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, that same location is now where they're training ICE personnel for urban warfare. Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. <laughs> so let's leave the ICE bases alone, apparently, and go to the fake aliens. Perfect. Yep. Uh, also this week, I guess, it's a big deal is the uh, the Saudi Arabia thing. Did you see this, Karen? Mm -mm. I see nothing. So earlier this week, the drone attacks on Saudi Arabia's oil infrastructure are unprecedented in the history of the global oil industry. These attacks against one of Saudi Arabia's largest oil fields uh, sidelined a total of 5.7 million barrels per day of oil production. This is the largest disruption in oil production ever. So sorry, 
that's the thing. It was a drone attack. Uh, Yemeni's rebels took credit for it, and America immediately blamed Iran as like funding the rebels. But this like drone warfare like was something that people have been seeing this coming for a long time. So mm-hmm. the people who like study the future of war, various organizations have started to incorporate drones into uh, their guerrilla warfare. Right. And they can essentially load up like a 50-buck Radio Shack drone with explosives and turn it into a very targeted bomb. And these are really hard to stop. People are finding this out. So the American military, like, obviously the Radio Shack ones you can shut down, but there's easy ways to get around these sort of things. Or you can get a drone and make it out of styrofoam and load it up with enough C4 to really cause some damage. And so these sort of, like, homemade drones are being used in some of the guerrilla wars that are the American army is still involved in the Middle East in. And so this is, like, ramped up this sort of, like, idea of drone warfare. So when we think of drones, we think of, like, the million-dollar U.S. Predator drones flying super high and killing families from, you know, a thousand miles away. But what the real future of drone warfare is probably something like this. Mm -hmm. Lots of small, easily bought, hard-to-track, you know, things that your, your kid could operate. Yeah. And it makes it almost impossible to stop this kind of stuff. But uh, this drone attack uh, is, like I said, the largest oil disruption ever. It sidelined the equivalent of the entire shale oil boom. Interesting. Yeah, so the Yemeni rebels have done more to save the planet from carbon emissions <laughs> than the entire environmental Should industry. Should we cheer them? <laughs> I, mean, ki- I mean, if we're just going off of sheer, you know effect i guess well maybe they took 5.7 million barrels per day of oil out of production environmentalists right uh so yeah it's a better way to destroy a keystone pipeline no i mean mean, if someone were to do it all of the shale oil boom is essentially been negated by this one attack for right now so So, if someone used drones to attack the keystone pipeline for example or things that we're building not that we're encouraging we wouldn't encourage we're it's just saying that it's illegal. clearly an effective strategy because it's worked very well against and the Saudi kingdom. And they don't know who kingdom. did it. Well, they know that the Yemen. Well, the Yemeni took credit for it, but they're saying Iran backed them, and now there's all sorts of. So this may be a war started by drones, um, which is, I guess, one of these things. Like you don't spend a lot of time worrying about our terrible future, Karen. Not as much as me, at least. No, not as much. So as you. one thing that a lot of people that don't worry about climate change worry about is they worry about the rise of AI and killer robots. Would we give that credit? <laughs> I mean, I tend to think, okay, oh, we're going to burn the planet. Into... On their own. This drone isn't, but more and more drones are given automated abilities. Um, and in many, many cases, the drone selects the target. The gr- drone essentially says, oh, this is what we want to kill it. And then just at this point, we're adding in the redundancy of a human pressing a button saying, go ahead. Listen, a man is always going to be a bigger threat than any robot. <laughs> But here's the thing, we're getting to the point now where a robot itself could start a war. Well, maybe they'd start the right war. The right war. You know? I don't know. We're so not going to get into that nonsense too much. So far, they're doing pretty good, it looks but, like. Yeah, crazy attack on the oil industry by uh, the Yemeni rebels, apparently. And who knows where this is going to lead. Obviously, this is an international incident. Um, the Saudi Kingdom are our friends and partners in peace in the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of course, we're going to attack Iran. because Somehow they're involved in it. So, yeah, I mean, the attack on the Saudi Arabian oil field is a big deal, uh, not just for the chance of apocalyptic scenarios, but also because it actively saves part of the climate. 
Like the less oil that's produced, the less oil that can burn, guys. Like so that quite was, literally. That was like probably the best day for the environment than it was the day before or the day after. Probably in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Good day, <laughs> <Right>. folks. Well done. <laughs> when it just comes to sheer amount of damage done to the it planet. It was like it was nineteen ninety nine. Isn't that so terribly sad? Well, or positive. Or just positive. The way that you look at it. All right, Corinne, we're going to get back to the story we really want to cover this week. Which is... Area 51. I honestly thought we were done with that. No. We're still not done? Well, we're going to be tangentially related to it, because we're going to get into the actual preparedness part of our podcast. We haven't done... I forgot that we're a preparedness Yeah, we haven't done emergency preparedness for a while, but I know that millions of people are heading to Area 51 this week, which means a lot of road trips. Right. And one thing we haven't covered yet is emergency preparedness in your car in your vehicle yeah we talked quite a bit about being prepared at home but if you're fleeing your home if you're fleeing your home or just on your day-to-day trip you're likely to be in your car a lot lots of people commute hours a day Um, you're gonna want supplies in your car when you come across just daily life emergencies and for the uncertain future correct so yeah so cars are a good place to start getting prepared because it's one of those like the prepper mantras, a lot like the Boy Scout mantras, just be prepared always. Mm-hmm. And so you want to keep stuff in your car and you want to keep it there so you don't have to lug it into your car every day. Right. So rather than like, you might grab your, your bag, which always has some certain supplies and take it with you everywhere. Yeah. But you want some stuff just in your car that's Ready. both car specific and general. But we're going to talk about car specific supplies today. Okay. First off, Corinne, do you keep any sort of emergency supplies in your car? Well, this is a complicated question. Uh, when my car is messy, I would consider it to be the safest place for me. Uh, I always have at least six or seven partial water bottles, if not an entire case. There's always some uh, half-eaten bags of chips. Uh, I often have... Uh, I keep, like, some random things, like a tool if I need to break my window. I don't live near bodies of water. What is my car going to do? Do you have, like, an actual window-breaking tool? I don't have a window-breaking tool, but I have, like, a, a heavy um, hammer. <laughs> you just keep a hammer in your car? And a scissors. Where? <laughs> just in the console. Okay. Hammer and a scissors. I love it. I don't know. I could stab someone in the eye with it. Hammer isn't normally a tool associated with... But great. I love it. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, some hand sanitizer. I could disinfect a wound there. Pretty good. <laughs> great. Great. All right, so let's start with the first most common, not even real disaster scenario, but common mishap, emergency that happens. Flat tire? Flat tire, tire. yeah. Corinne, are you prepared for a flat tire in your car? I am, I have a, of a spare. I have the tools to change it. You got one of like the mini spares or a full size? I have no idea. Whatever came with the vehicle. Okay, so probably a mini. Probably a mini. Do I know how to change a tire? I've done it twice. Oh, that's not bad. I've done it a few times. I'm pretty confident changing a tire. I'm not... Super confident. Could I fake my way through it? Yeah, but not an emergency. It would be. I should practice a few more times. Yeah, I should practice a few more times. I felt really good about myself the other day. Um, the other day, me and like a year ago, I came out to my car and it had a flat. I just zoop 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 changed it out. No problems. No issues. Didn't you just you... you put it on a jack, right? And yeah. then you're gonna take the little lug nuts off, and you want to do it across from each other, not one from one side all the way around. From what I remember. Uh, pull off the tire, put the new one on, put the lug nuts back on, and remove the jack. Yeah. So if you're comfortable with just the... So most new cars come with, like, a kit, but it's generally a pretty cheapo and crappy one. Sometimes they come so, with a repair kit, too, and not even a tire. Yeah. So you want you probably want both. If you're trying to be fully prepared, what I, we would suggest is you take a look at the kit, 
You can start with what you got in there, obviously, because it came with the car. But you might want to think about upgrading it. A nicer jack will make things so much easier than the little weird, like Terrible most of them ones. they have of this weird like double crank thing yeah. that doesn't work very well or like will ruin the underside of your car. Some chocks for the wheels. Uh, an inflated spare. So like I said, some cars come with like a small donut that you know can get you to the nearest repair shop rather than a full size right. tire. So that's an upgrade you could make. Um, even if you just like are getting your tires replaced, take your old take tire. Your old tire right. Use that as a spare. If you're more likely to run into an issue with a flat tire, like if you're going off-roading or driving in places with rough road, it might be worth it to keep a plug-in air air compressor, something that can fill it up nice and easy uh, off, the own car, off the car's own battery. Probably want one of those hazard signs too, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and those are the next step too. So if you've ever had to get out of your car on the side of a freeway... Scary, dangerous. It is super scary, especially like, okay, I'm going to get out of the side of the road and then I'm going to lie underneath my car <laughs> on it the road. It goes against all of your body's all instincts. wishes. Yeah. What is happening? So having some actual like hazard lights that'll keep cars away or road flares. Mm-hmm. Road flares are so good so for So much more effective. People I think they're efficient if you have a flare yeah absolutely so a couple of them more than one keep a bunch in your car just explode it (laughs) and then obviously like you said before have some experience practicing so it might not be a bad idea to take off your tire like if you've got the day off just practice changing a spare or changing a flat i know our dad made me do i don't know if he made made you do it okay yeah when we were getting our license as part of like learning how to drive he made us change a tire um, which at the time we're like, this is so dumb, but I am really happy he did because the first time I did have a flat, I had to do it by myself and being able to change a flat on your own is so empowering. Cause it means you're yeah. never stuck in a place for yeah. a long time. Cause especially you if you're truck. heading out to area 51 <laughs> and you're five hours from nowhere, yeah. you're going to be waiting a long time for that tow truck. Yep. So being able to put the donut on and wheel yourself into the nearest town is probably a good skill to have. Um, just in life and again not necessarily a climate emergency thing but these are the type of emergencies you run into every day but also when you're fleeing something yeah if you are fleeing a flood and you have a a flat tire you you still want to be able to go so being able to keep that car working is a good idea um other things people would keep is like a reflective vest Mm -hmm. again to make yourself visible when you're underneath the car a gas can uh so running out of gas is the next emergency now, I drive a Prius, so I have never run out of gas. Oh, shut up. That is a lie. <laughs> um, yeah, it, well, I mean, running out of gas is something that no self-respecting prepper should ever do because you always keep your car about half full for emergencies. Right. Right, Corinne? Sure. Yeah. I filled up today. It was definitely over halfway. Yeah, I didn't only... have less than 20 miles to go. <laughs> didn't wait for that light. My wife infuriates me whenever i have to drive her car because i get in and it's always like the literally as soon as i turn on the ignition the little no there's no like bars for the you know there's like 10 bars it's literally on zero bars i'm like how long has she driven this thing can i even make it to the nearest grocery store i have a theory i have a theory that it's part of her savings like she doesn't want to fill up a full tank because the weight of it will like burn more gas than if it were a lighter tank. So my theory is she fills up like a quarter to a half a tank at a time. It could very well be. I've never seen her car with more than a half a tank. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I'm right. So keeping a gas can. So if you're going on a long road trip, obviously gas stinks. Right. Um, so maybe a fresh gas can. Uh, you can even just carry the plastic can by itself and the siphon tube. 
Yeah. So if you buy a siphon tube, anyone who stops to help you and you say, oh, I'm out of gas, but I have this tube, I can, t- can I siphon a little bit of mm-hmm. your gas? Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, carrying the can, of course, if it's empty, you can't fill up right there, but you can walk into town or have somebody drive into town and get you gas and right. bring it back, things like that. So having a gas can, if you're, you know, I know a lot of people who go off-roading or whatever, keep a gas can outside of their car, like if they're in a Jeep or something mm-hmm. with actual gas in it. Um, because if you're off we in the do middle of the woods. Je- but, most people no. don't have Jeeps. But, uh, you know, same idea. Keep a gas can. Even those little one-gallon ones. Because one gallon of gas can get you pretty far. Oh, I thought of something else I have in my car. What? Pepper spray. Okay. <laughs> I can't bring it into my job, so I have to leave it in the car. Yeah. Uh, next most common uh, car emergency is a dead battery. Mm-hmm. You ever had a dead battery, Corinne? <laughs> Lots of times. Lots of times. <laughs> do you have jumper cables? No. No? No. Okay, so a set of... Now I know what you're getting for Christmas. Oh, Jesus, no. I love this podcast. I hate I get this so many podcast. Worst Christmas gifts ever. Jumper, heavy-duty jumper cables. Great. So keeping a good set of jumper cables in your car is definitely the, a worthwhile here's thing. Here's the reason why I don't like having jumper cables. Because if you do, you might have to help somebody. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. You don't, I don't have ha- to stop. Well, yeah, that's true. You can also lie. That Yeah, and I do. I would do that. You would. I've helped a lot of people. Here's the difference. It's I'm so a woman. easy to jump a car. I'm a woman. It That's just seems true. like a trap to murder me, and I'm not interested in that. <laughs> not interested in being murdered? No. Okay. Well, if you are a good person, <laughs> you, can, you can keep a pair of jumper cables in your car. And let people know about let, it. Yeah, let people know about it. Have a little sign on the back of your car that <laughs> says, hey, I got jumper cables. I can help you out. Yeah. When I did get the Prius, I actually tried to help someone, and I realized I couldn't find the battery. Like. <laughs> Hold on a second. The battery is actually in the trunk. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's weird. So I like, I had just gotten, I had it for like two weeks, not long at all. And I saw a car on the side of the road over, so I pulled over to you help him. You just pulled over for a stranger? I've done that many times. I keep jumper cables and... Living as and, a man is a crazy thing. I can't imagine. <laughs> Once you're in your car, you do not leave it until you're at your destination. I don't even... I felt terrible about this one because I like, pulled over and I actually couldn't jump their car because i couldn't find my and battery all the people who could have helped them didn't stop because they saw well i did help. like pull out my manual and eventually found the battery okay. but it was like in the trunk it took me like a lot longer than normal i was like yeah i could just clip it wait wait a minute uh and then i sen- have since learned that there's a way to do it in the front but it is not it is not intuitive mm-hmm. on the the prius how to how to so know how to jump your car not only have the cables. I don't know how to do it. But know how to do it. And be confident in where you put those things. So a lot of people are like, this one attaches to the block and red goes to what? And, you know, either have a diagram printed out or just know, like practice. Yeah. But uh, Or know just how- don't help other people. Well, you might need help at one point. <laughs> so, and if you do, it's good that you know how because somebody else might pull over and have no idea how. But Pro if tip, you have the cables. Only help women. <laughs> let the men die on the side of the road <laughs> there you go and there's also those uh like rechargeable batteries so like if you ever get a tow truck they don't bother with jumper cables they have a little like portable battery that they mm-hmm. use um so if you those are i don't know how expensive those are but those would be a good investment if you're definitely looking to like upgrade your car kit having a little like portable recharge kit yeah. that's got two cables ding ding boom, car's ready to go fast just like that ding ding boom yeah. That's the sound it makes. Classic. But uh, yeah, so like a portable battery charger is a good idea. And those can also charge your cell phone. Well, this is what's what you really need. Right. If you are getting a little more expansive, a heavy-duty tow rope or like a strap is a good thing to have. So like if your car tow gets stuck somebody? in a ditch. Interesting. 
So if you go, most a lot of roads are raised, so you sometimes can go down in that ditch. And if you're not driving your Jeep, if you're driving your little Prius, it's going to be hard to get it out of that ditch. It's not designed to go up a, go up a 16% grade. Uh, so having a tow rope, so when the big guy pulls over with his, uh, you know, diesel burning coal truck, Side just note, burns straight I've always coal. wanted a Subaru, Subaru. <laughs> yeah, Subarus are a great car. We're getting into like bug out cars here when I we're done with I want a Subaru so bad. Subaru, if you hear this, give me a free car. I will never stop singing your praises. <laughs> uh, the Crosstrek would be great. Please. Thank you. Also in the winter, people tend, like if you live in a place that's snowy or icy, a lot of people go off the road, like you skid off. Couldn't live um, in a place like It'd that. be difficult to get back on the road, so having a tow strap so that you can wrap it onto another car and it can pull you back onto the road it's a good idea other tools to have in your car a fire extinguisher oftentimes cars catch on fire i don't know how many times i've seen a car smoking on the side of the road um so having an extinguisher um and the article i was reading about this so i was reading a couple articles to find information and ideas one of them was saying make sure that you can actually get to the extinguisher and the guy was talking about how he had it in the back, like in a, you know, underneath the, the like the, where the, the spare tire is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he pulled over to try and help a car he could see was like smoking. But by the time he could get to the fire extinguisher, it had caught, already... it was too over, it was over. He was like, put it under the passenger seat or the driver's seat and like strap it under there where you can actually get to it real quick. Interesting. Which makes sense as well, because if your car is on fire, you want to get to it real quick yeah. so that your car doesn't burn up. So you. have an accessible fire extinguisher. Um, another one which you kind of mentioned is a emergency tool. Mm-hmm. So there is a tool designed for to your break car. Windows so it has not only like a belts. window, yeah, punch. So it has like this punch that slams through a car window. Car windows are not designed to shatter. Right. So like a lot of windows, you break them with a hammer. Car window won't really break with that hammer. So my hammer's only good for attacking. Yeah, only good for clawing the serial killer who stopped to jump your car. Well, that's mainly what I was looking for anyway. Yeah. But uh, these little punch tools apparently do a really good job of shattering car windows so that you can get out of a car that fell into the lake. And they also generally have like a razor that you can seat belt slip, cut. Yeah, cut through the seat belt. So they make these tools. You can find them on Amazon for like 10 bucks. They're kind of like a two-in-one, three-in-one tool. Mm-hmm. Some of them have all sorts of gizmos on them. But you want to make sure it has the window punch and the seat belt cutter. Maybe a flashlight. Some of them have flashlights. You definitely want a flashlight in the car. But that tool you want to have, and you want to have it somewhere you can reach Constant. from. So a lot of people ha- say uh, they actually like have a strap that attaches them to the seatbelt strap. Because mm. when you want to cut that seatbelt, you might be upside down. Mm-hmm. You might be in the water. You might be on your side. So if you just put it in like the 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 ch- uh, change bin, it could have fallen, fallen out, out or flown all around the car, and then you don't have it. So strap it to something. Hmm. Um, yeah, some of them have a little like carabiner or whatever. Put it where you, you can reach it, it to, from like the visor or something like that. Where you can reach it from your driver's seat because that's where you're going to need it. So make sure you have one of those. Uh, winter kits. So make sure you have like ice scrapers and brushes and all the things you might need for winter driving if you live in a place that has weather. Here in sunny California, not as much of an issue, but I always try to keep a blanket in there. Yeah. Um, definitely keeping supplies for stay. Excuse me, staying warm in the car. We talked about that. If you live in a place where there's you know snow and you might get stranded, having emergency space blankets, um, having food supplies in your car, it doesn't have to be a ton, but you know some of those. You hear like, those stories? A guy lived off of Taco Bell hot sauces for a couple of days and sure. stuff like that. Yeah, having water. You mentioned your empty, half-empty water bottles, but maybe being a little more like intentional, like keeping a two-gallon jug it of seems water. Seems intentional. I'll sure. tell you by the amount of that usually happens in my car. 
So yeah, keeping some pints of water or gallons of water, Nalgene bottles of water, bars. granola bars, um, you could, those uh, Daytrex rations, those like calorie, super calorie dense bars, which are super small, but mm. they'll keep you alive. Mm -hmm. Those are great things to like throw in a glove box or put in a, you know, survival or a prepper box in your car, in your trunk. Mm -hmm. um, energy bars, just anything like that. Something that's not going to melt, something that'll, you know, stay forever. Some people will go so far as having a collapsible stove. That might be a little little much to keep in your car but you know, it depends on the situation uh, other things people like to keep in the car for community for communication um, old cell phones even if the old cell phone and a charger obviously for it even if you don't have Internet? service or anything it may still be able to call 911 mm. so, walkie-talkies maybe uh, emergency cb radios or walkie-talkies small ham radios can stay in cars am fm wind-up radios you might think oh my car's got a radio well, but dead. the battery's dead you still might want, uh, you know, emergency radio. We talked about emergency radios a couple of months ago. A long ago. time ago, yeah. But, uh, yeah, having, having a couple of those. They're fairly cheap. They're good tools. A lot of them have a lot of different options on them. A flashlight as well. Keeping a flashlight in your car, obviously. What other tools? We mentioned emergency bag, emergency space blankets or a sleeping bag, um, a tent. Some people, you know, depends on the situation. I mean, obviously, if you're just commuting to and from work in the middle of a major city, you probably don't need a, a tent in your car. If your commute takes you into the woods or if you're going on vacation or something, Maybe you might want to, like, beef up your emergency supplies in your right. car. But a multi-tool is a good one to have. Like, I have a really old um, generic Leatherman sort of thing that I just keep mm. in my uh, little center console. Um, I've used it quite a bit. It's got a knife, it's got a scissors, it's got pliers, it's got all sorts of stuff on it. Just a normal, cheapo, multi-tool. Um, little thing like that will go a long way. We mentioned uh, headlight, or we mentioned flashlights. Another good one is a headlamp. That's another good opportunity oh, for the headlamp, Corinne. Because if you're going under the car to change a tire or do some work, like you need hands-free to get a, into everything, a headlamp is perfect. I know how much you love your LED headlamp, Corinne. That's what you're getting for Christmas. Do not. Emergency candles are a good one to yeah. have. Yeah. Pull out those old bath and body works. What other good stuff? Uh, folding shovels or hatchets are good things to have. Oh, Brad said to you should, one yeah. from Brent. He's got like 20 hatchets. Yeah, you should upgrade your hammer to a hammer I with a hatchet in. So yeah, these are just some of the things you might want to think about keeping in your car at all times. Now, yeah. this stuff doesn't really kind of, you know, cover what you want for bugging out or, you know, in your other type of bags or your daily carry. You're likely carry. to need some of those things. Yeah, throughout so like, your car's life. There are other things that you might want to keep as well. Like a lot of places talk about keeping like an emergency whistle, which mm -hmm. is not a bad thing to have, or a compass. I always keep a, a, a physical map of the, the state or the area that you're in. So if you're on a road trip, keeping maps, like actual physical maps, not relying on Google Maps. Because uh, again, if your phone is dead, you're probably going to want a physical I'm copy. still from the... I luckily learned how to drive while maps were still a thing. Like, mm -hmm. the best thing you had was if you printed out MapQuest before you left, but God forbid you made one wrong turn, and then MapQuest was completely useless. You had to turn around, get back onto where you were, head in the direction to follow the uh, uh, the uh, MapQuest notes. So I do know how to read a map, at least in the 10 years ago. I, I loved my road atlas. I haven't had one in a little while, but where it's, like, all gridded out. Thomas and, book. Yeah. That dad gave you. Here Those, you go. But if you do 95% of your right or if you're driving in one city, it's not a bad idea to it's keep one of those idea. in your car. Um, that way, if Google's down or you need to get to some place and you don't know where you are or whatever, it's those are knowing how to read one is a good idea. It's again just a backup plan because right. you can never rely on the internet. You, yeah. 
Uh, roll of duct tape is a good thing to have. Just in general. Just in general. Also, maybe people think you're a murderer. Well, people will use the duct tape to like, uh, if your radiator hose is broken mm. or something like that, like just to repair it to get it, you know, a couple of miles down the road. Sometimes your car breaks down in the exact worst spot and just two miles further down the road is where you need to be. You've broken down <laughs> in a different spot. So would anything be to keep yeah. your car going just far enough. Plastic bags, bungee cords, paracord. Always have plastic bags. I mean, paracord is so cheap and so useful. Like, just throwing a little, like, 50-foot thing of paracord into your car. You'd never even know it was there until you absolutely needed it. Spiral notebooks, having something with a note so you can write a note on the car mm -hmm. um, is a good one. This is a really important one, especially if you're going on a road trip. So if you leave the car, um, normally if your car breaks down and you're out, like, in nowhere, they say don't really leave the car because... The car is big and Safety. bright and people can see it. Yeah. But let's say you went to go get gas or something. Leaving a note under your own windshield being like, hey, I went north on this freeway to get gas at 10.15 or whatever. So that somebody who comes across the car knows, knows when and how long and yeah, or, yeah, where. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, you know, anything like that. And, of course, either a space pen or a pencil. something Space that can pen or pencil. Those this is like one of my favorite like America versus Russia things. Right, like, yeah, of course. Uh, America spent billions of dollars trying to develop a pen that writes in zero gravity or whatever, and Russia just used a pencil. See, that's why America's better, though. Is it? Cause... I think that's the example of why people think Russia. Yeah, Russia. Okay, well, we, we use pencil Cause, because they aren't smart enough to figure out a pen that writes upside down. Is it smart or did it just waste a lot of time and money? Yeah, it wasted a lot of time and money, but we still got to the moon, man. Okay. Fair enough. I just hate Russia. Don't you dare say something positive about them. <laughs> My presence. Listen, this is a leftist podcast. You're going to learn to love Russia. No, never. All right, comrade. <laughs> uh, and then a first aid kit. So again, we talked about first aid kits a couple while back, but first aid kits are one of those things that you should upgrade as your level of experience or knowledge upgrades. So, you know, some people recommend like a full EMT level kit first aid kit for your car but you're not an emt but if you don't know how to use that stuff that's just wasted money so get yourself some classes on how to deal with trauma so like imagine you come across a car accident right it would be great if you knew how to have stop, stop bleeding or suture a wound or things like that and if you had a first aid kit that could help you with those things that'd be great but if you don't know how to do those things don't buy that kit right so before you buy that super high level first aid kit buy that super high level emergency training so get the skills first because you can jerry rig all sorts of stuff i've seen those you know people who cut open your throat and stick a mcdonald's straw in there so you can breathe like our grandfather did that actually not a mcdonald's <laughs> straw but he did uh, have to do that as a boy scout leader yeah it's one of my favorite grandpa stories yeah cool grandpa stories it's not quite as cool as uncle joe's uncle joe joe biden oh <laughs> and he bought corn pop with a I'm sorry, I think chain. Grandpa's was cooler. <laughs> he saved a child's but life. But was the kid's name Corn Pop? No, certainly yeah, not. There you go. Probably Davy or something <laughs> like that. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so having a first aid kit of some kind in your car is good. Uh, the more first aid skills you know, the more expansive your first aid kit should be. Correct. So that you can help other people. So, yeah, that's kind of car emergencies right there. So start thinking about getting your car ready for an emergency or for climate change. I like that. And again, because nine times out of ten, you're going to encounter some even minor emergency in your car for from sure. flat tires and, you know, dead batteries to you're fleeing a flood or fire and you don't want your car to break down and you're you even just helping other people. Yeah. Again, 
a lot if of the you're reason that sort of a person a lot of the reason we like to do this podcast is for community preparedness Listen. so like your neighbor the other day my neighbor needed a jump and so i went across the street and helped them okay help your neighbor sure yeah stranger under the overpass i mean be safe everyone obviously in the middle of the <laughs> ladies, night ladies you have a free pass to not no. help anyone sure the neighbor lady across the street needs definitely to jump help on your neighbor car. lady across yeah. the street that's how you get your car prepared for emergencies corinne great yeah so how about that for this uh pass your pod pass the pod and get your car ready for emergencies bye all right thanks guys and uh we'll see you next week <laughs>